let's make today's podcast intro short. On today's podcast, we talk about how good as in quality and not production is the secret to your guaranteed success. I just added that last part. It really, really is, but I'm sick of myself saying that so many times, so I needed to lie. If you use it and you do it, it will for sure bring you what you want. All right, here's the episode. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast, where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. Everybody, welcome back to another episode. I am feeling extra cowboyish, extra Montanish since I just got back from Billings, Montana. Did a little seven-hour road trip down and met my Gel Blaster team because we sponsored PBR, so we get to hang out with cowboys. And I got to do the dopest thing. I got to ride in the tractor and do donuts around the middle, and then we got to sit in the chute in the middle of the arena where the cameras are, where they shoot the bulls. So they're riding the bulls like we're on ground level, like 10 feet away. It was the craziest thing. And I almost got hit by a bull when it ran the corner, scared the ever living shit out of me. And that has no relevance to today's podcast, but I'm just feeling extra cowboyish. And it was 67 degrees and sunny two days ago, and it's snowing right now. And I love Montana, but that's not what we're talking about on today's podcast. Because <laughs> today's podcast, we're going to talk about what does it mean for something to be good as in quality, but not production. Okay, so like, what does it look like to run your business with this philosophy? If you were to apply this to your social media specifically, what would change in your workflow process, right? So, so first, let's talk about what, right? And you know, I remember in the early days as an entrepreneur, back in the days of me being a blogger, back 2009, 2010, when I was learning about blogging, I remember a few specific people standing out. Derek Helpburn was one of them. He ran a website called Social Triggers. Uh, Neil Patel was another one. And very early on, they were always very bullish that content was king. Um, And then I remember a guy, I think his name was Neil from a company called Backlinko. And early on in my career, it was always uh, driven home to me that content was king, right? But what they really were talking about was the value of the content, not what it looked like, not the production, not the quality camera, but like the faster you can create something of value and get it in the world, the faster you win, right? And this philosophy is one that is uh, maybe a tightrope that we dance with because there's definitely times where we're, when we're fast and loose, right? It can be a liability, but then there's other times where we understand that an entrepreneurship speed is one of the easiest ways to win the game because if you can adjust fast and you can pivot fast, then you can win the game. But how can you pivot if everything is overcomplicated or over overprocessed, right? Or, or you know, over overdone across the board. And so what I have learned in my career as an entrepreneur is that I've definitely had like a love-hate relationship with quality. Um, I've definitely fallen victim to like investing $10,000 in a a video studio or a podcast studio for an idea that I never followed through with. And then I also have the other side of making a million dollars off of a Google document and an idea, right? And so when I say things like good as in quality, not production, All I'm talking about is that when we think about what we do in the world, not one person that we help is going to be like, oh my God, I can't listen to the piece of advice in that video because the color wasn't right or because the background wasn't right or because the background wasn't blurry or because the video was 31 seconds too long, right? And I think it's really easy to get 
lost in the vanity of what we're doing and lose focus on what we're actually doing and what actually matters. Now, am I saying aesthetics don't matter? No. Am I saying branding doesn't matter? No. I'm saying it's not the most important thing and it tends to be overcomplicated across the board in many areas of business, right? So take social media, for example. You might be sitting in the car and driving and get an idea. And in the early days of your career as an entrepreneur, when you had 3,000 followers, you would just get on stories, post that idea and connect with people. But now you have 150,000 followers. So you get an idea, then you put the idea in your ClickUp board and then it goes to your team and then they write out the idea and then they script your outfit and then you record it. And then eight days later, it's posted. And the moment that it mattered is already gone. Now there's instances where that matters and where it doesn't, but we have to be aware of how we're playing. And so if we have something that's ready to go to the world, right? So there's this famous quote, like creators say, artists say, they say the only painting that's ever done is the one that's sold. The only song that's ever finished is the one that's published um, or shared. And the only book that's ever want, the only book that's ever done is the one that's published, right? Because they're, they're never really done, but done is when it's good enough to add value to the world. It's good enough to be shared and that's the best philosophy to kind of have in business. And so, you know, when you think about social media, that's one, but then think about, you know, meetings, right? Uh, Cameron Harold wrote this incredible book called Meetings Suck, right? And, and I love that book, but I've been involved in some companies and I've been guilty of this in my own companies where we start to scale really fast and we end up having meetings about meetings. And then we realize that the whole day is gone and we're trying to make meetings look a certain way. We're trying to run them according to a schedule and like hit this and hit this. But what we failed to recognize, it was getting in the way of the business because we were trying to focus more on what the meeting looked like rather than what we were trying to accomplish. And so you end up with wasted meetings. And so why is this important? You have to work from this mindset. Like This mindset is the, the most powerful mindset to be in. Because what we have to understand is that the, the game's going to change every single day. And it's easy. It's easy to fall victim to that thinking, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's next. Oh my God, I have to overproduce this. I have to boom. But but really what we have to remember is that we just have to take the next bite, right? And and the, the world of entrepreneurship is going to change. You might have an offer that's working today. And it's going to work for six months and all of a sudden it doesn't work. And I've watched people have that and have a million dollar offer and then go try to make three new offers when if they just renamed the first offer, it would have worked again anyways. But we have to make sure that when we're investing time, when we're investing energy, that we're investing it in the things that matter, the things that move the needle, not the things that we've convinced ourselves or the world has convinced us to move the needle. So for example, we'll take some you know, thinking, and I do this to entrepreneurs all the time, like, hey, you made a new lead magnet. How would you launch that lead magnet into the world? And they're like, all right, well, I'll make a landing page. I'll make a confirmation page. I'll write a couple emails that go with it. I'll design some marketing stuff. You know, I'll record these videos. And I was like, cool. Do you think that's the easiest way? And they're like, well, yeah. And I was like, okay. I was like, could we also record that whole lead magnet that you just mapped out in a 10-minute video? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, would it be effective in a 10-minute video? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, awesome. Could we link that on YouTube? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, could we make a Google document, write some words in it, and then link to that YouTube video and tell them what to do? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, could we go post an Instagram story right now telling people we have it and send them that link? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, oh, right. And so what we have to make sure of is when we think like this, the mindset is that we're making sure that we're not creating resistance or roadblocks or complications when things could be simple. 
And we need to make sure that we're investing our energy into the things that matter, which is in the quality of the content or the message, not necessarily in the quality of the production. And so I got stuck as an entrepreneur for so long because for me, I would be like, oh my God, my video is not working. And the hard path for me was to say, okay, well, what can I change in the script? Or let me ask my customers or let me reach out for feedback. But that was hard for me. And so instead I convinced myself, oh, I need to make the video better. I need to change this. I need to change that. And I'd say there was about five or six year period where I was stuck in that cycle because I didn't know, or maybe I knew, but I was scared to invest my time in the thing that would allow me to grow. So for me personally, I was hiding in the production because I was like, oh my God, if I just, if I make the video better, then I won't have to adjust the message. And, and I was struggling with the message because it was raw for me and it was my emotions and, and it was hard to get feedback. So I had to work on those pieces. But this matters because this this perfection cycle ends up becoming a lose-lose because it takes all of our time and energy and then it never works because it misses the cycle in the window. It creates a sunk cost bias and then we adjust and it feels like we're digging out of this like never-ending hole. And so you have to understand this because you are, for a lack of better terms, a triage nurse in your business. That's the analogy I've been using lately for the last quarter, so that's the one I'm going to use. And as that triage nurse, right, you have many positions in your business, right? You might just have a quarterback and a coach, right? You might have a team of players and three coaches, right? Everybody's business looks a little bit different. But at any given moment, your job is to have the most accurate awareness of the field in front of you, right? And then make decisions based on your resources to move the needle of your business. And I've been involved in literally thousands of businesses at this point, and I've never seen a needle mover for a company add revenue that says, oh, design a more beautiful funnel or add a seven page thing to this. No, it's it's what's the most effective way to get the message across, right? And this is the most beautiful part. This mindset, the reason I struggled with this mindset for so long is because I was like, well, I only have one chance. And I failed to remember that everything iterates. And so I, for example, in an example of how you can focus on the quality, not the production, our customer journey lead magnet that a lot of you have gotten started as somebody asking me a question and I recorded a Loom video to send him an answer. And then when I watched it back, I was like, wow, a lot of people could benefit from this. And so I started sending out the Loom video. And then a few people started asking me questions and they're like, hey, I wish you included this and this. And I was like, well, I can't put that under the video. And I was like, oh, if I put it in a Google document, then I can link to those and tell them what to do with them and then link to the video. And so then we did that. And then that lasted for like 10 months. And then I recorded the Catalyst podcast series for this podcast. And someone's like, dude, it would be so nice if those were all in one place for me to watch. And they go so well with your other customer journey video. <laughs> and so then we took the Google document and then we turned it into a page on the website, you know, a year and a half later and added it. Those iterations are what allow it to be good. But in order to get there, you have to start. And in order to start, you can't be focused on the perfection of the production. You have to focus on the quality of what it is that you're giving out into the world. And so how can you think about this in your business, right? So here are some questions like for you to ponder on. Like, how do you actually apply this when you have a team, right? And so when you're in meetings and you guys are planning for a launch or for, or for something, right? Is there a way for you to ask questions or change the questions you guys ask to simplify things down or focus on where we're supposed to be, not necessarily the funnel, right? How do you keep yourself accountable to staying in this mindset, right? This is for me where habits and rituals come in, right? This is for me to where I focus on outcomes, right? And and I know I fall into this trap all the time. Like for example, 
like I'll get an idea to launch a new event. And because I've done so many events, I'll be like, all right, we're going to do this. We'll book this hotel and boom. And then I have to remind myself through my practices and reflection, like, hey, just because I've done 30 events, this is a new event with a new audience and a new pain point. Just because I've done them doesn't mean this one's going to necessarily be full. So let me slow my roll down here. I'm like, all right, I'll just start with an Airbnb, you know, boom, boom, boom. Right. And so what you have to understand is, you know, people ask me, it's like, well, how do you stay in this mindset? Well, this comes down to your environment, right? The habits and rituals where you focus when you reflect, like, are you checking in with yourself or are you having an awareness of where you're giving your energy? Are you aware that you're doing something in your business out of a reaction to an emotion or a fear, right? This is where I'm so bullish on really finding that awareness for you and finding um, the tilt in your behaviors and what's kind of driving you so that you know how to get grounded again, right? So, you know, for me, I'll be like, hey, you know, we've talked about the sacred light keeper quadrants. And I'm like, hey, that's getting clear on your goal and then choosing these behaviors. And if you're not doing those behaviors, use the SOS to get back into them. So for me, those models and those, those routines and those habits that I have in my life, they're the ones that remind me on what I'm building and what I'm focused on, which allows me to be unattached. And sometimes that means changing the entire structure of the podcast. For us, what that meant is after the last event, I threw a Hail Mary and we went from running two events back to back with a mastermind and a three-day event to closing a mastermind that I've been running for seven years, changing the three-day event to a four-day event and restructuring everything. We did that on a whim. Right. And so my habits and practices allow me to be able to sit in that and make adjustments as I go. But that's different for everybody. Right. Wherever you can have a habit or a practice or a ritual or a reminder or a routine of your clarity, of what you're building, of what you're really focused on. And have it in your space to remind you to come back to this when you can is going to be the way that you can keep this mindset the best for you. And so, you know, for me. I kind of have this around in everything that I do. And so I look at everything I do now, like I kind of have to earn the right to climb the level. So even if I'm like, hey, I have this new idea for a podcast idea. Before I even like map the whole thing out, I'll be like, all right, well, what are the first three things I could do that would even allow me to see if people are interested in this? And I'll just choose those three and I will work on those three until they're done. And then when they're done, I'll choose the next step, right? And so for me, Now, when I even look at projects, when I look at ideas, when I look at launching lead magnets or changing content, I try to look at it all. But then I try to ask myself, like, what are like the first three bites? Like, what is the the first thing I need to do to not focus on perfection? Right. But like, what's the easiest way for me to get this to the world? Like, how can I add value? What's the first step to start? And I typically just try to start there to get into action, which will then lead to the clarity. Um that I'm looking for. Right. And so for me, you know, I'm bullish on this podcast about environmental design. Uh, my buddy, Alex Sharfin talks about this all the time. He literally has been telling me from day one, he literally posts, he prints his morning routine every single day down to the granularity of like, take two of this pill, take four of this pill. So number one, he has everything laid out. He doesn't have to think number two, he checks it off and he can see his accomplishment. He can see his goals, right. Keeps him in a positive mindset. But he uses the power of that reminder and of that environment and of those things so that even if he wakes up and he doesn't feel like it or if he gets stressed or emotional, he knows exactly what to fall back on. And so for me as an entrepreneur, I know that I might be riding the biggest high of the high, but then I might get punched in the face and lose a lot of money and my body's going to want to react and do something you know, that's like trying to perfect it or, or overproduce it or, or there's probably a level of complication there. So I have to have a practice or something to come back to that's like my North Star or my home or my lighthouse for lack of better terms. But that's different for everybody else. So yours is going to look very different than mine. 
And so, you know, the last question I had in here to answer was how do you set up a process that allows you to stay in the lane to keep that perfectionism at bay? You know, and, and for me, um, I do this by asking myself one very, very harsh question. And it's really like more of a stark reality because most of the time I've been stuck of like, oh, well, the video is not good. The video is not good. I have to ask myself, I'm like, well, if I sent this to somebody who needed this right now, would they say it's not good? And 10 out of 10 times, I can't answer that question. And the other part is I tell myself, like, I want to help people. I'm here to help people. I'm here to help people. But if I'm sitting behind my laptop and like, oh, that video sucks. Oh, I have to redo it. I'm not really helping people. I'm beating myself up. I'm being mean to myself. I'm being critical. I'm judging. And it's not going to help. And truth be told is irregardless, the only path for me is to send that video. Because if it's not great, the only way to know is if they tell me and then I'll make an adjustment. It probably is good and it probably is adding value, but I have to be really integrous with what I say I want. And I'd say that's been the hardest line, you know, that I've walked. I'd say the biggest part of my practice and the biggest part of what I've been focusing on is really this deep level of self-integrity. When I when I tell somebody I want something, when I tell you that my fitness or my body is important to me, I've been very hesitant to say it lately because I'll then check myself and catch that my behaviors aren't necessarily aligning to that. And so I've been in this deep reflection of like really being integrous with what my feelings are and what my drive are and what my desire is to really explore why I'm doing those things. And I found that in that exploration, it's really easy to eliminate the perfectionism and really focus on what matters. And then I have the practices and the tools to bring those behaviors back into place. Right. And so at the most, at the end of the day, you know, our job, if you're listening to this is to help people. And there are constantly millions of people that are one moment away from our help and they want it. And we have the gift and we have the ability. And any moment we're not sharing that and we're letting perfectionism get in the way or what it looks like or what the design looks like or how perfect it is, what we're really doing is preventing our ability to help those people and grow our business and grow their results. And so you have to walk this line and you have to have this balance and you have to make sure that perfectionism isn't getting in the way of the progress of you and your customers. But then you're also making sure that you're building a brand and you're being intentional, but the perfectionism can be reduced down because remember that things happen in iterations. And here's the example I'll give you. I ask people in keynotes all the time. I'm like, hey, uh, I'm going to give out a prize. I'm going to give out a brand new iPhone. I'm like, but I need you to pick. Do you want the iPhone 1 or do you want the iPhone 14 Pro Plus? And they're like, iPhone 14 Pro Plus. And like, well, of course you do. But you have to remember that the iPhone 14 Pro Plus wouldn't exist unless they made the iPhone 1 and then the 2 and then the 3. And every one of them has had an improvement. And so remember that in order to get to perfection, you have to get as many things into production as fast as possible so that you can learn what it would take to make it perfect. So the more you put out, the faster you'll learn, the more progress you'll make, and the faster you'll get to the iPhone that you currently have in your hand. And so whatever practices those are for you, whatever rituals those are for you, that would be my reminder for you today. So that's what I have on today's podcast. So it's been a pleasure. I love you all. I have to go pack. I have to take a trip on the road for eight days. Austin, Vegas, consulting, you know, world domination, all that fun stuff. But I love you to pieces and I can't wait. You're going to be seeing some new studios soon because what you can't see around me if you're watching this is the whole studio has been under construction and I got new furniture. I got new studio sets being built and I'm excited to show you all of them. So I'm going to get back to it. Have a beautiful day. I love you to pieces. Remember that relationships will always beat algorithms. So I'll see you or hear you or you'll see me or hear me and I'm out. Have a good day. Here's the outro. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mind of George show. 
please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.